Welcome to Hitachi Solutions Podcast. Join us as we talk with our skilled professionals and experts exploring how customers like you are delivering business outcomes, tackling business challenges, and accelerating their business initiatives, leveraging Microsoft applications and technologies. Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Brad Kuntz, on the Exchanges with Hitachi Solutions podcast. We're so pleased today to have as our guest, Jonathan Young of Hitachi Solutions. Our topic today is the Microsoft Power Platform in Health and Life Sciences. Hitachi Solutions is a global technology solutions integrator with a hyper focus on Microsoft enterprise technologies, including Dynamics, Azure, and of course, Power Platform. So first, I want to welcome our, our guest, Jonathan Yunt. He is the Industry Director for Insurance and Health for Hitachi Solutions. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you, Brad. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on. Full disclosure to our listeners, this is this is not the first podcast that we've it that we've done together. Right. No, it is not. I think the last one though was I know it was pre-pandemic because we were, we were traveling and we just happened to be in the same um, same town at the same time, and it worked out that we were able to do it in person. That's right. But I don't remember the topic, so. So, Jonathan, can you uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, about uh, what you do for Hitachi, uh, Hitachi Solutions and how you got here? Yeah, you bet, Brent. Uh, as an industry director for Hitachi, I, I have to have the blend of both the Microsoft platform uh, knowledge and, and expertise, as well as a heavy focus on industry. And so we we support insurance and and Health, as you had mentioned, so within health, we, we're pretty hyper-focused on payer and provider. Um, and so I use my platform understanding experience uh, and, and put it with an industry lens and, and approach to help our payer and provider clients uh, exceed their expectations and, and meet their business objectives um, using the, the Microsoft platform, whether it be, like you said, Power Platform, Azure, Dynamics, uh, anything, Office 365 and 365. It's, it's, we've seen a lot of cool implementations of Microsoft technology with our clients. So one of the things that we didn't get to three years ago or so when you were uh, telling us your resume uh, was uh, the fact that you're an Eagle Scout. So first of all, congratulations. That's super yeah. cool. What, what, so what project did you do uh, to earn your Eagle Scout? Because I yep, know that so there's typically one project uh, that you have to do to complete. There is a project, and it was it was a pretty uh, uh, pretty pretty sizable undertaking. We actually did some <clears throat> in my my high school. We we did quite a bit of re landscaping of of the front of the of the school, and so uh, I, I got in contact with the school administration. Told them our plans, told them, you know, gave them a budget, project plan, all that stuff. And they approved it. You know, my friends and family and, and a lot of my um, fellow scouts came out, were very supportive, did a lot. It was a three day. It was over a long weekend. So it was a three day project, a lot <laughs> of hot, grueling work. And the irony is that um, three months later, they completely redid it. So. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, it was it was um, not not too great, but <laughs> it, was, it was a good experience. Uh, I, I learned a lot. 
uh, had had great support from my friends, family, and, and fellow scouts, but apparently it wasn't up to the. Apparently it wasn't up to uh, to their the staff. Well, anyway, code. Yeah. You got your you got your badge. It's 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 uh it's it's a huge accomplishment. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. That's funny. Uh, I, leave, so, I leave out the second part of that story usually, Brad, but I figured. Oh, you did. <laughs> we're, we're friends here. So. Well, my 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 follow up question was going to be, have you driven by and seen it lately? But I guess it, that really wouldn't matter. So. <laughs> it's um, changed many times. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was a couple of years ago. So. That's funny. That's funny. Well, so let's talk a little bit about the power platform and, and the way that you've yeah. seen it utilized uh, out in the wild. Uh, so first of all, just to level set for our listeners, what is the power platform? Power platform is a, is a collection of, uh, of, of Microsoft technologies uh, that help uh, users and organizations create and deploy uh, low code, no code solutions. Uh, included in the Power Platform that we'll touch on today are, are Power Apps, uh, as well as Power Automate, which is uh, you just think about uh, work uh, workflows, uh, as well as as well as Power BI. There are some other uh, products that touch it as well, uh, but those are those are kind of the three main pillars there. And so we'll talk a little bit. Um, uh, about that. So, so first of all, Jonathan, from a from from the industry that you're focused on. So, so like, w- what would you say are the biggest benefits of of using the power platform in 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 health and in insurance? Yeah, time time and time again, Brad, we're the payer and provider organizations that we're supporting. They have this expectation to to have uh, so much information and knowledge of of their constituents. And so for for members, uh, sorry, for payers, they're they're expected to have a, a holistic view of their members, their member 360. Uh, but not just that, their brokers, the people that are selling their products, the employers, you know, the, the commercial groups that are consuming their products, uh, as well as the providers, those that are part of their uh, delivery network there. And so they're expected to have this, this holistic view of, of who their constituents are, and really, the Power Platform acts as that single pane of glass. I know that's cliche and it's mm-hmm. so overused, but it's true. It, you know, you can you can have a really holistic view of who your who your constituents are. For instance, member, I can see clinical information, I can see billing information, I can see benefit information, um, any any touch points that we've had for marketing, or you know, any prospective sales or quoting information. I can have it all. And, and based on who I am in the organization, I have different ways to view it. That's that's really one of the true benefits of the platform is that we can provide this really focused experience for who I am in the organization and what I need to do. Yeah, so, you, you know, that that's interesting. And it, and it reminds me of, you know, anyone who's ever had um, uh, has had, you know, access or or exposure to CRM systems in the past, there's there's always the talk about having a 360 degree view of the customer. And and this really, from what you're saying, it really kind of just just really explodes that idea further, right? Because it's not just if you're if you're a payor, you 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 don't just need to have a 360 degree view of of the insured. You also need to understand how the relationship between the insured uh, as well as the provider, uh, it, sometimes there's a broker layer. It just seems like it's exploding that into a multi-layered uh, kind of view that that could that could probably get pretty complicated 
just just when you kind of sketch it out. Yeah. Yeah. And you think of I'll use a sports analogy in football. It's not man to man coverage anymore. Now you're playing zone. Mm-hmm. Um, because you, as, as a, as a salesperson, for instance, I, I have to support, uh, a broker that I might be selling through, but then I might also be supporting a large group. So I, I have to have that, that knowledge of that relationship between those two parties and my relationship with, with each other, with those two parties separately as well. So there's a lot of, uh, symbiotic approach that we take there to see that holistic view. Uh, and, and, you know, a call center is not just a call center. It's, it's anymore. There's so many different people calling in for so many different reasons. And depending on the size of the organization, they might have a single person who's responsible for supporting all four different types of constituents that a, a pair might support. So uh, I'm, I'm a call center. I'm a, a customer service agent. And I have to know, switch back and forth from my provider services hat to my member services hat to my broker services hat. Uh, I have to be super flexible and, and responsive and nimble in order to do that. Now, larger organizations that, that have separated departments or different call centers that su- support provider versus member versus broker, that's all fine and dandy. But when you have a smaller organization that, that has to be more agile and nimble, that's really where you see a, a huge uh, uptick in, in efficiency and, and productivity. Yeah, it's interesting you said that about the uh, about the call center not being the call center anymore. And, you know, just in my, in my personal day to day dealings, I feel like when I do speak with customer service in any industry that I'm talking to, I, I don't get the sense that they're sitting in the same place any longer. No. Uh, I do hear dogs barking in the background, which you didn't used to hear uh, three years ago. Uh, when you're talking to different folks in, in customer service. Uh, but but it, it kind of it kind of asks it begs the question, you know, I mean, the pandemic obviously changed everything. But but in your view, how did the pandemic change this push to, um, you know, the a lot of the power platform tools that we're talking about? So so like how did it take health and and, and insurance firms and, and push them in a certain direction? Uh, with solutions that the power platform was able to re- to provide. Yeah, a lot of it, like you said, Brad, it's it's uh, you've got uh, dispersed teams, and so they're not centrally located. And as 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 a result, you need to have much more flexible uh, and and you know better solutions that we see. You know, the the non-cloud, the on-prem solutions are no longer viable. Right. Right, that makes sense. Um, t- talk to me a little bit about about compliance because I, I know that you know c- compliance is 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 a big is a big topic in any industry, but certainly in these industries there's there, there's an extra uh, a level of care, if you will, because of uh, because of the different laws and regulations regarding patient data, uh, but also the financial data that's connected to that. So t- talk to me a little bit about how the compliance concerns are addressed when we're talking about a power platform uh, uh, initiative with with one of these firms? Yeah, it, de- it depends on, on the audience, Brad. If it's someone who's only accessing via a laptop and it could be via a call center or it could be at their home, uh, I, that's one concern. Obviously, making sure the wrong person doesn't have access to the right data that is that as a primary concern. But if you think of those that need a mobile solution, someone who is, for instance, a field seller 
or someone who is in provider services or provider networking that is looking to expand the network and they have to go you know meet and visit with these clinics and, and operations it's a much different concern so you have to make sure that the mobile solution you don't want to expose too much information you want to have just enough information mm -hmm. for that internal user that doesn't leave you exposed uh, for for compliance issues for hipaa violations for uh, you know, if I forget my cell phone and I have access to sensitive information, uh, that that's a huge risk. So we help our our clients that yes, they want to they want to push forward digitally, but we help them weigh the considerations of okay, what if what if this happens? What if uh, your phone or 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 tablet is compromised? So we we think of pushing them to the edge of what's what's compliant and and not as risky for data data exposure. And I guess it would just have to be uh, mission critical to set up some sort of uh, of center of excellence or some sort of governing um, body, governing body, yeah. yeah, to make sure. And I and I that's obviously what partners like Hitachi Solutions can can help with uh, is setting that up because I think that as we have seen uh, low code platforms roll out and the idea that it's the democratization of of data. All those things sound warm and fuzzy until you start thinking about all members of a certain organization being able to access all the data, and that's not that's not a, a best practice. Nor in this case is it even legal, right? So you've got to put those uh, those guardrails in place to uh, to make sure that those things are are being taken care of. Oh yeah, you bet. You you think of a member services individual sometimes having having access to clinical data that's that's a no-no right so you, you want to have access to claims data because you have what you know one of the top four reasons that members call is, is about claim status uh but exposing that that clinical data is is knowing that the, the different like we said the different hats and, and roles that i wear to support my day-to-day -day, uh, operations and obligations having that super hyper focused tailored user experience is what is what we can help uh, help mm -hmm. do. You know, as part of our workshops, we understand, we really get a, a solid understanding of the organization. We have deep, deep industry expertise, but each each organization is a little different. But we help them think of, okay, that's fine for today. What about for tomorrow? What what are some of the pitfalls of of doing what we're going to do, so we don't paint ourselves into a corner, which I I unfortunately have literally done before. <laughs> right, right. You 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 mentioned. Um, you mentioned kind of the user experience side of that, right? And I think that as we think about ways to improve user experience, especially for 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 workers within these organizations. Um, so, so tell me a little bit about how you've seen the user experience um, kind of help out with with worker retention. And, and the reason I ask is that um, I read a study recently that said a third of frontline um, Healthcare industry workers in the U.S. are considering not just moving on from their own institution, but from leaving the field altogether. So, so what are some ways with automation that you've seen uh, an increase in in user experience, user satisfaction, and then ultimately, hopefully, that that leads to some sort of worker retention as people are able to do their jobs, um, uh, you know, in a in a more efficient and satisfying way. Yeah, the the I mean the Great Resignation is a real thing that was you know, born by the by the pandemic. People have 
Oh, some might say too many choices. There's so mm-hmm. many choices out there, but the freedom, the the ability to to move a little more free, freely within a job outside of an organization, has really forced the hand of of some of the organizations we support of of thinking how what is a better way for our employee experience. You know, so user experience and you know, sorry, customer experience. CX has has been around for a bit. Employee experiences. One might argue just as important as the customer experience, because without that, you know, if if you've got some antiquated system that is, number one, hard to use, number two, uh, breaks all the time, is, you know, is down all the time, that causes frustration. And unfortunately, in, in our industry that we support, it's a very stressful industry. You know, it's stressful mm-hmm. Uh, even before the pandemic, you throw the layer of the pandemic on top of it and how it's changed everything and, and people <laughs> people are, are just stressed everywhere. They that 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 is really going to lead to that resignation, to that employee retention suffering. And so we see the user experience where um, something that may have taken 20 clicks before bringing it down to one or two, you know, it, it saves not only time, but it makes it less um, onerous or, or burdensome to to the users to be able to do their day to day. Having that that help with prioritization via the platform, via you know uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, all those um, scientific sci-fi kind of terms, that really helps drive that user experience, the employee experience to to be better and 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 be more efficient. Frankly, yeah, that that's interesting because you know if you think about the history of uh, of UX, um, it, it seems like it was always kind of a business to consumer problem that we were trying to solve and to try yeah. to make apps easier for consumers to use. And, and you know, what, what, what you're talking about really is a, uh, in the whole scheme of things, a much smaller audience, but you're putting the, the resources uh, and proven methods together to make sure that uh, that the end users, which in this case are employees, uh, are having a good experience, and hopefully it's adding to their overall job satisfaction. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, it it it, it, it sounds silly, but the systems that you interface with every day, if they're difficult to use, mm-hmm. uh, and you have experience as a consumer with you know other apps or other uh, websites, whatever, you, that's going to completely ruin your your expect your, you know upend your expectation. Uh, and we we see it, you know, people quit because it's, you know, it's too hard to do work. Uh, and, and that's, I mean, that's that's another thing there. Like a, a lot of our organizations, these uh, objectives and goals is is not only employee retention, customer retention. It's so, it's mm-hmm. so expensive uh, for customer acquisition, for a- employee acquisition, for a member or uh, for our payer organizations, provider acquisition. It's, it's, it's a lot more effective and or cost uh uh, effective to retain uh, than to acquire. Every, everybody knows that. So we see a focus on that, that you want to be easier to do business with and not just from a consumer perspective, but anybody, you know, whether it's a vendor, whether it's, you know, somebody who's delivering uh, 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 services for your organization, really, you want, you want to be able to uh, uh, be easy to do business with regardless. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So, so, so we've talked a little bit about, you know, some of the reasons to use uh, that, that that folks have been using the Power Platform. But, but if an organization uh, within within health or insurance, uh, if they're looking at 
a power platform project, what what kind of criteria uh, would you give them to say to prioritize? Because th this is one of those cases where, you know, you, you and I have both been around enterprise software for a, a, a long time. And if somebody needs a new financial system, they need a new financial system. Right. I mean, that yep. that's just it. It kind of it's a big box. It is what it is. Uh, some some things are going to be turned on. Some things will be turned off. But what we're talking about here is really this kind of blank slate of, of yeah. business process yeah. improvement with this with this platform. And, and we can make decisions about how much uh, effort and money we want to put into different initiatives. What are you telling organizations right now about how to prioritize those initiatives? Yeah, we, we look at so most organizations have some sort of objectives, annual goals, et cetera. And some of that is financial and some of that is is process oriented or, like we said, being easier to do business with. Uh, I can think of a couple of organizations that have said that to us uh, over the past couple of months. That really, if it aligns to your organizational objective or goal, that's that's a that's a no brainer. Uh, but then really you think about it from there. That's fine. It, it aligns with it. But how much is it going to cost? How how complex of a solution is it? You know, we worked with a Fortune 50 company that they 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 realize that their provider network uh, they they operate predominantly in Medicare and Medicaid. Those are very commoditized markets, and in order to make a, a distinction, a competitive advantage for themselves, they realize that their provider network, who their members have access to see uh, for for services, really provided them that competitive advantage. And, and the distinction that hey, we have a better, more robust network, who you know that that really aligned to their organizational objective. So it was member acquisition. But part of it was seeing that provider relations and services is just as vital uh, to mm -hmm. the retention and acquisition of a new member. So in that case, it was a it was a, a large part of the larger organizational objective. It was a sizable project, but they realized how critical it was to distinguish themselves in a heavily crowded market such as Medicare and Medicaid. Yeah. Yep, interesting. Um, well, Jonathan, this is this has been fantastic. I appreciate your time today. Uh, you know, I, I kind of got taken some notes here. I got I got three takeaways from our conversation uh, related to uh, related just three, to the power Brad, Just three. There are some real nuggets in there today. I'd say. Well, I try to boil it down, Jonathan, <laughs> just to get three. And I and and I'm I fine. know I'm joking. I know we we have a friend. I know that that. Um, and we call him three things, right? Because he always says that he's got three things and he starts to list them off and he gets so excited uh, about the uh, about the list that by the time he's done with two, he's out of breath and he's forgotten what the third one was. But I'm going to try to go through all three here all right. if Let's we see. can and talk about the three takeaways. Number one, uh, ease of use and time to value, right? I mean, so I think that those are, uh, to me, some of the things that that kept coming up again and again. Uh, during the course of this conversation, uh, and and that time to value is really uh, has made some major impact. And I think you, you you mentioned a couple of examples about number of clicks, but there's also the the design cycles that go through and and 
the ability to make some of these discrete applications that that normally would would have such a long time horizon that you wouldn't even start on them. But yeah. being able to deploy those things rather quickly is huge. So number one, ease of use and time to value. Uh, number two, extending reach of, of internal users. You know, this this idea that we're going to uh, have, you know, worker retention uh, as kind of that end goal to 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 make that better. Uh, is great, and, and you had a couple of good examples about about how that's happened out in the wild. And then the 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 one that I won't forget about is compliance, um, because once again, this is not compliance is not something that we that we do to to just be ethically sound, but it's a it's a in this case it's a legal uh, it's a legal issue as well, and it's something that has to be has to be tackled. So financial ramifications, you bet. That's right, that's right. Jonathan, thanks so much for your time today. Hey, Brad. Uh, yeah, always, always a pleasure. Appreciate it. And uh, and and thanks to our listeners. Uh, we would love for you to subscribe to this podcast. Um, we do uh, we do put these out periodically and uh, always have some pretty pretty exciting topics. So thanks a lot and have a have a great day. Thanks all. We are Hitachi Solutions a global team of innovators who support our customers' data and business system modernization initiatives.